Welcome to episode 41, Bravo Zulu Podcast. Today in the studio, or that day I had in the studio, my boy Frankie. Frankie's active duty. He's about to get out, and he's been uh, working his transition for the last three years, going to school. You're about to hear all about it. It is awesome the way, uh, the path he's taking to his exit, his whole exit strategy, and how he relates what he's going into branding and things like that if you've been checking the feeds i've been dropping some hints about what he does and how he relates it to his military service and where the military is going and everything like that so if you got some time hang out for the next hour and a half or so and uh, take a listen don't forget to stop by the youtube page we're gonna have another live stream and or just a new video coming up uh, soon also we got more episodes uh you know banked up coming uh, at you every tuesday thanks for stopping by Welcome to the studio, everybody. Longtime friend, haven't seen him in a while. Frankie. What's Frankie, up? what's up, bro? What's up, man? Happy to be here. Uh, it's been a minute. It has. It's been like years, really. Yeah, it has. And it's crazy because I didn't realize, like, we tried to do this a couple times before. Yeah. And, like, for whatever divine intervention, whatever you want to call it, we had not linked up. And I was slammed, you know what I mean? School, yeah. work, everything. Yeah. And, yeah, dude, I was thinking about, like, when was it? I think you were over the house, Mikey, like, for the Shit, that was New Year's. New like, Year's, like, fucking yeah. 17 when he was born, I think. Yeah, dude, Yeah, he was still was a baby. Good. Yeah. So long ago. That's three years. But in all the time, I never felt, it's like, I felt like some people have blown me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never felt like that about you. Good. I knew, because those times we had kicked it and everything, we had talked about what you're doing and what you're trying to do. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yo, okay, you can't make it because you're on your grind. Yeah. Like legit grind. Like when you said, hey, let me check my calendar. I was like, yeah, because he has a legit calendar. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't even remember how the stuff I put in there. Yeah. So like I legitimately, and that and then my, you know, my wife too. Yeah. I got to check whatever she put on the calendar because right. we're two parents, right? So now I got to see like somebody's got to be home. Both doing your hustle. Yeah, she has so. her business yep. doing uh, the wedding photography and everything yep. shout out i'll put the link in the notes yeah plug that for you guys um so a little bit about yourself right you're currently active duty currently about to get out in october yes you've been grinding on i'm gonna read your card you yo he handed me this card and i felt like it was an exchange from american psycho yeah he just didn't <laughs> tell me the colors were like death black and like battlefield blood red or something have, like this is dope have a cred Half a cred? Half a cred. What's that? That's just what my, my designer named it. Half a cred. That's the color of the red? Yeah. That, bro, I'm telling like, yo, y'all, I'm going to post this picture up on the IG of this card, and y'all going to be like, the photo's not going to do it justice. But I'm telling you, I feel yeah. like I'm holding at least a $5 card, business card. Here's my card. Take it. Close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is dope. But, you know, you're active, dude. Let, let's talk a little bit about your education that you just wrapped up. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, what is like your degree in and all that? And then, then we'll kind of work backwards a little bit into okay. what, what you're doing. Cool. I graduated in May on the 28th. Also RIP Harambe. Right? <laughs> so it was the 28th 
when I finished up, got my undergrad. So I never got an actual degree prior to. So I did start to finish like college. Okay. And I had some previous credits from community college, like back, I don't know, man, before I joined the military. And I've been in, in the military for about 11, almost 12 years. Mm-hmm. But that transferred, so that was cool. Knocked out some of those credits. But essentially starting from scratch, started June 2018. I got my degree in visual communication with an emphasis or concentration in advertising and branding. Damn. From the Savannah College of Art and Design. And I that's, did it all dope. online. All online for the last three years, grinding nonstop. Yeah. What, so I know, I, again, you're posting. You're very active on IG, and I'll, I'll plug that also. But you were posting a lot of what you're going to school for and everything. Yeah. And it was a lot of, like, artwork stuff, right? Or, yeah. like, how much? Yes. So I believe it's still considered, like, an art degree. It wasn't fine art. And originally I had gone for a fine art degree. I switched my major just based on what I was learning mm-hmm. and what I wanted to learn. And when you go to, at least my experience going to an art school, and this is, like, uh, it's not vocational, but, like, it, there's a lot of technical aspects, right? And you have to get the foundational courses, so everyone starts at a baseline of like need design fundamentals, drawing, because you need to relearn how you see things, mm-hmm. um, color theory, art history, things like that. There's things that everyone has to get, and then you kind of like branch off into, you know, whatever your your major stuff is. Okay. That's, uh, it's, that's interesting how you say like you have to change how you see things. Yeah. Because I cannot see things in an artist's way, right? Um you know, both heavily tattooed. Yeah. I can only see this, like, I can vision it, like, as as imagination, but I cannot envision ever, like, how a person would draw that. And I would say, you know, I'm not super technical. I wouldn't say that's my strongest suit. I definitely did well for the classes, and mm-hmm. I think having the experience makes me better at, you know, what I do ultimately. But, like, yeah, man, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm – Picasso, or anything, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not. So, what is it? What was the end goal of what you wanted to do, or that you're doing now? So it was crazy. I kind of worked backwards. Actually, you know, same time I launched going to school and everything, there were definitely things that I needed to learn. But I was also starting to work. Right. So I was like volunteering. I was freelancing, doing you know uh, different projects, uh, whatever I get my hands on, just for the experience, right? And then I finessed that into you know, what I want to do. Cause when I, when I first approached creativity as a profession, I I was under the assumption that it was like a little narrow, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I, I didn't know that there was so much opportunity in the field to be honest. Um, and then once I found out how much or how vast it was, it was really like exciting again. Cause I grew up and my parents, you know, it was always this stigma of like starving artists or something. I was never, my parents were never creative. It was never presented to me in any type of way, you know, that you could actually do something on a very professional high level and actually, you know, make a good living doing yeah. that could be a, a career. It's not like you got to like struggle or anything. Well, yeah. W- would you say you were like fighting that um, stereotype of when you said starving artist, yeah. you paint and you're trying to sell paintings. I, mean, I think that when I hear starving artists, that's what I think, right? So, something like that, yeah. But it, in general, like no one, and, and for the most part, nobody goes into those pro, that kind of profession yeah. going like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill it." You know what I mean? I'm gonna just. <laughs> it's not like being like the head diagnostician at a hospital or yeah. something, you know, like that. You know, you're so. But I can't even say that, man, because there's people that are doing all kinds of like you make your own luck and creativity. You really mm-hmm. do. And it depends on the demand and the market and like what your product is and who wants it and what's going on. And I dig that, man. 
So what what is it that you're doing? Like put it in the layman's terms for someone that's not um, familiar with like branding or creativity of that. Like what are you doing for people? So me specifically, I'm dealing in positioning and communication strategies. And essentially that's upfront thinking about, and it doesn't typically happen when you start a business. I would argue even when you start a business, unless you're a funded startup or you have a lot of capital, mm-hmm. if you're bootstrapping, there's other things you need to put your money into. And you need to kind of be in business for a little while um, for this to be like extremely valuable. But at some point, creativity shifts, and this is my belief, from being a luxury, right? Like, oh, I kind of need this, I kind of need that. It becomes essential because the market that you're in is saturated. There's a lot of similar offers. And we need to start thinking about, from a brand perspective, where do we sit, right? When you're trying to go somewhere, you got to know where you're, where you're at. Yeah. So essentially positioning products, brands, initiatives, ideas, you know, in relation to competition, culture, customers, and trying to drive meaningful connections because awareness is top of funnel. If you think about marketing, there's like awareness and then there's, you know, the whole funnel goes down. But just because you're aware of something doesn't mean that you're actually going to engage with it in the way that ads and everything are running today. You're seeing a ton of stuff. People are scrolling past, you know, cool, cool, don't care, don't care, whatever. But how do we make that meaningful and make people pick you out of a C, not make or influence, that sounds underhanded, but to to really represent the value of what you do to someone who is actually going to impact their life in a positive way, right? And that's really about finding the connections and, and speaking to them in a certain way and, you know, presenting your product or service, whatever it's going to be, to truly be, represented or at least understood in the way that you intend, right? Like semiotics, encoding, decoding, all the like the theory of, you know, speech and communication in itself. Just because I say something in a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna interpret it that way. And that's where yeah. a lot of a lot of everyone's problems come from, right? <laughs> yeah, it's especially like today's commu- age, right? communication. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, how do we how do we make that a little clearer? So you know, you mentioned the scrolling of advertising. Mm-hmm. Is that something that your education you know, path like focused on or you know, was it a chapter or was it a lesson plan in there somewhere or was it more of the creativity stuff? And then you're just able to tie it in with that. Yeah. So, and I, that's a good question. I think I, if I'm hearing it right, it's like, did I get what I needed more or less like straight out of school out of the box or was it like, yeah, I have to kind of mix it up. And the answer is, yeah, I had to mix it up. School will give you at least your undergrad degree is going to give you like a general, baseline i think it's more like do you have the endurance to do this and mm-hmm. like here's some general information and you can use it and it, it does make you smart in some ways there were some things that like i wouldn't have known to look for because i didn't know about them yeah your own ignorance sometimes it's not your fault but um i did a lot of reading on my own i did a lot of like i said volunteering like asking people hey let me buy you coffee let me meet you for lunch let me get 30 minutes of your time like i have some questions and that really was super impactful. I, w- I would say I'd lean more toward that side being impactful, but in tandem, man. Everything working together yeah. helped me get to where you know, I was going. How hard was that? I mean, yeah, you know, your personality is pretty outgoing and everything, mm-hmm. I think. But, like, you know, that going and taking that don't know the person, sliding into the DMs, hey, <laughs> you know, let me help you, help me. I think if you come from a place of sincerity, you know what I mean, Humil- humility, like, hey, this is, you know, I'm willing to, you know, buy you coffee or buy your lunch. If you're in that position, you know, 30 minutes of your time, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I have a bunch of questions. I respect what you do. Like I'm, you know, you're not sending a, 
a mass message to 40 people on your LinkedIn or yeah. whatever, but, and then going in and being where people are at and then asking questions and actually like making friends, trying to like put value in, right? Like it's thinking of it like a bank, right? And this was from a, oh man, I forget the author, but there was a book I was reading and he talks about value being like a bank. And when you ask from people, you need to be able to have a deposit or have something in the bank in order to withdraw. Yeah. So you try to, you know, and it's not, I'm not selling you, but like, You'd probably be more apt to meet with me or if I was serious enough to be like, hey, let me at least pay for your time in some way. Like, let's not make this transactional. Let me, cons- you know, consult for me for a hundred bucks for an hour or something. But yeah, if I can get your lunch or whatever, at least a cup personal. of coffee. Yeah. Make it personal. Everyone likes to uh, talk to someone while breaking bread. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit more personal. Um, So you're tell, tell you before we started. You're talking about the Skills Bridge program. Yes. Because you are active duty. Correct. Can you talk to us about, because I, yep. you know, a big part of the podcast, as I was saying, is trying to inform people about people, sailors, military, whoever, right? A big focus about how they can be more successful in retirement or in separation through just any kind of program that's out there, yeah. right? And that you don't have to feel pressured into doing the same old, same or whatever, you know, your chief is telling you and this and that, like there's different ways to be successful out of this, you know, Navy thing for us. So tell us about that skills bridge program, if you mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very passionate about that. Like giving people options. I don't try to force people cause I'm getting out. You got to get out. We're pack animals for the most part. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I'm doing that too. Right. Yeah. I want to let everybody do their own thing, but I think information is key. Like you should know if you want to stay in and do 20, do it. If you want to get out after, you know, eight years, do it. But what I don't want anyone to do is feel like they got to get out or they got to stay in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you should be able to make that decision because everybody has different, like, factors, family, whatever. Yep. So the Skill Bridge is a program that I believe is military-wide. And think of it like an internship. So you are able to find an organization. Typically, they're listed as a Skill Bridge organization. But if they're not, you can fill out an MOU, Memorial. Memorandum of Understanding, I believe, is what it's called. And then you can, there's an intermediary company that will, okay, we are SkillBridge qualified and this place does exist, so therefore, you know, you can go work here. So you find a company that you want to work for. Sometimes people will do that with a friend's company or like, you know, a bigger organization or whatever it's going to be. Then you fill out your MOU. And then as long as you've fulfilled your requirements, so whatever's on your separation checklist or whatever, you know, your your admin gives you, and then whoever's running your division or whatever, if they're good to cut you and you don't, you know, you have backfill, typically this stuff works better when you show up with a solution, right, to your right. leadership. Yes, like, yes, hey, yeah. I would like to do this. This is my plan in place. This is, you know, this person's going to backfill me. It's going to, you're not even going to realize I'm gone, whatever. Yep. That's the way it's going to go. Yeah. So you set that up. And then you have that agreed upon, you know, hey, by this date, as long as it's cool, um, then I believe, for me, I had to go to CMCCO. Yeah. And they signed off on it, and it was good. And then you're pretty much, you get paid for the whole time. I think the maximum is six months, and you get paid. And then you get to go work, and it really does help. And the advantage is not just to not go to work for six months, but if you find the field that you want to be in or company that you potentially want to work at, now you can work for them, you know, both of you low risk because you're still getting paid and you can see if you like it, they don't technically have to pay you. Yeah. And I, I think 
there might be something in there where they're not even supposed to pay you. Right. I, I don't know the technicalities on that, but they can see, and it's no big deal because you don't have anything like writing on it per se. Yeah. And it works out for everybody, but that's an option. Yeah, I'd say for them it's like almost free labor. Yeah, in like, a way. I mean, you're working, they're you're teaching. getting experience, you know. Yeah, you're getting your experience if you're good enough. Yeah. And you're killing it. Yeah, they might hire you on. Yeah. But your security is still the military first and 15th happening. Yes. And so is that something I'm not like I've heard of it. I've never met anyone that's done it. So is it more for like that last six months right before you get out or can you do that anytime? I think it's, you know, you have to be in a certain window if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I'm using it to butt up against my time to get out. Yeah. However, I don't know. I don't know for certain yeah. if that's the time. I want to say, though, everyone that I know that has done it has been up against, like, their window. Right. Okay. I mean, that would be most beneficial. Yeah. So you get out and you don't have to do the job hunt and this and that. So hey, if you're listening and you're about to retire, think about separating. Check it out if you're about a year out or so. Um, the skills bridge uh, thing and, and, you know, check it out, try it out. Let me know if you guys like it. So, excuse me. Uh, we're again, working backwards. What got you into, like you said, uh, what 2018, right? You, you're working, you're doing your Navy thing. And you're like, I want to be a brand positioning and communication strategist. Like <laughs> what, what led you to that? Cause I, again, you know, if you said artist, People would immediately think struggling artists. But yeah. you went into, like, I wanted to do branding. So what was your driving factor? Is that something, like, from back in the day as a kid, you wanted to grow up to be a, a branding person or, like, no. what? I, so I, like, always had an affinity toward, like, like urban aesthetic culture, like, streetwear. Like, I'm a huge, like, Echo fan, you know, like, grew up Supreme, all that stuff. Right, I right. grew up Northeast, so, like, it was very prominent. Um, and then I just was designing stuff, you know, like anybody else. Just I found some software, was kind of messing around. I liked it. I had started working with someone who was printing shirts, so I started, like, to design apparel, just stuff that I thought was cool. Everybody kind of starts with, with stuff they think is cool, yeah. right, for the most part, yeah. and, like stuff your homies think is cool, whatever. So I started, like, picking that up, and I started to look more into it. My brother-in-law, who is an actual, like, designer, um, he like saw what I was doing. He was helping me along. And then he finally kind of had a conversation with me. He's like, look, you can go one of two ways with this. You can continue to kind of like mess around, do as a hobby. And that's cool. But if you really want to be a designer and you really want to you know, pursue this path, let me show you some stuff and let me, you know, talk to you like about these things. So yeah. I sat down, I listened to him and I loved it. I saw like the kind of stuff he was doing. It was inspiring. And then I'm also seeing, cause I have like different experience than him, like out outside of what he's showing me the context. I'm also seeing what this could be. Right. So I like designing and I still geek out about like certain design things like typefaces and typography and, you know, different, you know, alignments and stuff. But ultimately I could, I could find 10 people like probably off the top of my head that'll design circles around me. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. like, and that's not where I think I excel. And I found where I excel to be positioning communication, like idea strategies up front and helping people do their best work. So now I can translate these things up front for the people that do want to do the creating to be innately creative and pursue that. But to go back to what we're talking about, once I decided that I wanted to go on this path, right? It was like graphic design was kind of like where I landed. 
then I had talked to someone who runs an agency here in San Diego. I was put in touch with them by like uh, an organization that helps people transition. They're like, hey, you should talk to this person. I said, great. Went and had lunch with him. He was like, you should go to school. I was like, what do I go to school for? Where do I go to school? And he gave me a couple schools to check out. I picked SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. Uh, it was a really good school. And I had to use my GI Bill, though, because art school is like, Damn near as expensive as being a doctor. Really? I'm not kidding. It's crazy expensive. Wow. I don't know why. But, <laughs> like, I don't know how kids afford it, dude. I'm a grown yeah. man. I got a mortgage and a family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like criminal, damn near. But that's a whole other conversation. But anyway, I went to school. Um, I picked that up, and I learned there. And I continued to educate myself because, there's, dude, there's so much on the internet. Like, cohort courses, all kinds of stuff. You can, articles, whatever you want. There's books on everything. Like, if I would have spent half the time reading on deployment that I did, you know, doing whatever, you know, like playing video games or whatever, like, I'd be so far ahead. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm, I still feel like I'm ahead. And, like, oh, yeah. man, that's one thing I encourage, you know, people to do is, like, read, find some books. Yeah, uh, the, the interwebs. So, you know, I, I've been doing this thing here for just, you know, like six months now. And this isn't anything like you're doing, of course, but there's still like l- just little things that I need to learn about audio visual. Mm. And I'm like, I'm just on YouTube, you know, <laughs> which like YouTube is the second largest search engine. YouTube after University, Google, man. You know, and you can learn anything. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm uh, messing with OBS. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, uh, open broadcasting system for the for the non-nerds. Yeah. And I'm in there trying to, you know, learn how to build overlays for, you know, streaming and video and this and that. And uh, it, it's so cool. A formal education might be in the future, but right now I'm good with YouTube teaching me. To be honest, it depends on what you want to get out of a formal education. Like, for me, a big part of it, I think, was... For the hiring process, having that, like trying to close the gap, right? And I think that's another thing that people could benefit from thinking about. If you are trying to transition, you will have to find ways, I think, and it doesn't have to be rudimentary, like, oh, I need to make up for 10 years or whatever, but you have to find ways to close the gap, you know, because your military experience translates over in some ways, but in other ways, people have been in the industry for 10 years and you haven't. So how does that translate? So that was one of the ways I looked to close the gap, get this degree, show that I have this much experience in the field plus experience here plus you know a portfolio of work or whatever yeah and then leverage that so how does someone hire you like what's that process like if i'm like hey uh which i'm not because i'm not like you said i'm you got to be at a certain spot right yeah and i'm not there but what what would you do for what would you do for me or what would you do for a small upstart Okay. Can you do anything? I see what you're saying. You uh, it, depends. it depends. I don't know if that's a good question or, or it is, how it fits a good you. question. It's a good question. Yeah. So the first thing I do is I have conversation because I think everything stems off conversations. And for me, what I do and the level that I do it and the type of you know prices we're talking and things like that, I, I just don't typically find someone is going to be th- scrolling through Instagram or click on one of my ads and then... It's like, would you, would you buy a car that way? Like, so, sometimes, you know, online car buying is blowing up. Yeah. But traditionally, like, you're not going to go make a big purchase like that and just be like, look at it, be like, cool, it looks good, and then I'm going to buy There's more of, like, conversation that needs to go into it. Yeah. Make sure everything is, like, a good fit and what you're going to do. Because I deal in a lot of intangibles. Like, I deal in a lot of ideas, and that's 
been a challenge in itself. I've found my way to, to circumvent that or to, to be able to communicate well, you know, what that's going to be. But we're talking about something that doesn't go in a shopping cart. Mm-hmm. We're talking about something that nobody wakes up and goes, I need this. Yeah. You know I mean? Like I'm thirsty. I'm going to go get some water. I'm, you know, I need some boots or I need some shoes or whatever it is. Like, you know where to go. You know what it looks like. You just got to pick between what's there. Nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, damn, I really need some positioning strategy today. <laughs> I need some ideas. Yeah, so <laughs> that there's that. But aside from that, essentially it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a conversation with somebody. It typically starts maybe like, you know, how we're talking. It's like, hey, I need, you know, this. I know you're into whatever someone thinks I'm into and whatever, whatever. And then either I politely tell you like, hey, I don't think you really need what I do. And then I make a recommendation for things that I think you can do because I don't like sending people away with nothing. So I want to, you know, send you some links, maybe refer you to someone else that's probably a better fit. I definitely don't want to leave people with, with like, an empty hand and go, sorry. Yeah. I you know, the least I can do is meet these A customer human, service you know aspect I mean? to yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like, hey, I can't do it for you. Beat it. Yeah. And that doesn't do nothing for you, right? But if, if it is something, one, that I think I can help with, right, that's a big point. Like, do I really think if me being brought onto this engagement is going to move the needle for you in the way that you're looking. And then second, do I want to do it? Do yeah. I, do I align with it? Do, do I dig the project? I don't want to do something and take it just because it's there. Right. I'm kind of leaving a career of that. I don't want to start a new one of, I feel that. Yeah. I feel you know that. what I mean? Um, so if those two things align, then I go back, I, kind of come up with my proposal narrative. I define a challenge that's going to guide us through the rest of the engagement. Like we're, we're trying to solve this. Is this, do you agree? Like, yeah, this is exactly what we're trying to do. Okay. Awesome. Let's, you know, to do that, this is what I suggest this is what I recommend either, you know, one, two, and three or one option. This is the only way I think, you know, I can do it. And then it's up to you to decide, like, do I then think that if we did this in this time, in this way, this would be what I wanted. And then if you do, we do it. If you don't, we don't. Cool. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I brought up you, your active duty. Mm. You've been in ten years, eleven years ish, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah. With with yeah. an outside employment shit, anyone trying to <laughs> snap me up out there? <laughs> nah, just leave them alone, y'all. Leave them alone. But so, as a chief, we have a branding issue. Mm. Now, I'm not an expert. I can't say exactly what the branding issue is. I, I could tell you that, you know, there are issues, as I'm sure you've seen, you know, through your work and, and working with people, um, even maybe in, in your field, right? If 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 the chief's mess came to you and was like, hey, we need a better w- image to the to the junior sailor, right, that we're not all fucked up and that we, we don't just belong on the cover of Navy Crimes. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that we need to make our T-shirts – match more you know be more aligned or we need to be more in line with the shit we putting on our t-shirts what do you see that from from your active duty service what do you see like the disconnect there is i would say so i'm passionate about this conversation because i think in the military leadership is not always earned it's typically awarded and not necessarily by the credentials or criteria right I think just because someone makes chief, you know, does that mean that your sailors are going to follow them or that they would follow them? Like, think about this. Half the, you know, 04s, 05s, whoever, E6, E7, E8, whoever, man, 
take your pick. If you called, you know, a meeting that people were not contractually obligated to go to, mm-hmm. if it wasn't a zero nine muster, like be there, would they show up? And I think that would tell you a lot about who's who's going to show up. And maybe it's you, maybe it's the content, maybe people don't want to hear about that, or maybe has nothing to do with you. Maybe people are so burnt out from their workup or from whatever that they're really just trying to stay at home with their family and they just want, you know, a three-day weekend or something, you know what I mean? So I think leadership in general, too, is not, you know, it is a it's a craft. It's an art. And you need, you know, we do need a mentor. But just there's a stigma in the military that, like, if you're not making rank at a certain pace, yeah, like, then you're it's a negative thing. But some people are just really good E5s, for example. Yeah. Like, why is that a bad thing? Why is it bad? You need them. Yeah, you need really good E5s. And then to put them into, you know, a leadership or, or whatever, maybe they're not ready. But then if they're not ready, that that's they're penalized. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're not ready, then you better get ready or else, you know, it's a negative thing. Yeah, and that goes back to the eval system, how we grade and everything like that. And that's, you know, I'm working on different podcasts with some people trying to talk about that. Yeah. But, you know, the, the leadership thing, I like how you said it, it's an art. Right. It's not like a specific science. And what I see is a lot of people uh, throwing out fancy book quotes. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Look, I, I, I can read. I like reading. I don't read a lot, but I like it. Mm. Uh, fantasy stuff, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to pick up a book and start graphic reading novels. About, uh, probably haven't. But like, I, I mean, I w- it's more interesting. Yeah. That shit's more interesting and frees my mind more than reading a bunch of books about leadership. Yeah. 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 And most of them are. You know what I mean? The same thing, rewritten. Right. Yeah. And most of them, to me, I had um, had a buddy. He was first class. He was reading a famous uh, retired Navy person who go unnamed his book. That's a very f- famous book. And this guy has a lot of a lot of time in the field. And he was like, oh, man, it was so great. And he's, I was like, are you really learning a lot from that book? He was like, yeah. I was like, and I was like, all right, good. You know, hopefully you can apply it. And then to myself, I kind of said, that's why you haven't picked up Chief. Because, you, like, you're reading this book now, and you're just learning it. And you've been up for Chief a lot more than I ever did, that I ever was. And that's not a knock. Like, I know it sounds like it, but it's just, to me, it's just the truth. Yeah. Like, where in your mentorship program, you know, through your career, did you not learn to take care of your sailors? To lead them, right? To empower them. Right. It's kind of like raising children. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, your chore is feed the dog. I need you to feed the dog. Don't feed the dog. Well, now you're in trouble. You know, and it's like you're just learning this stuff now. I feel sorry for you, man. The military, too, in a lot of ways, sets people up for failure because the the leadership example mm-hmm. is dictatorship in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Do it this way. Do it like this. If you don't, like, you're in trouble, right? Instead of empowering people to really open their minds. Because I think, again, this is more theory than anything else. There is a point that an organization like the military does not want you to open your mind that much. They still need you to do whatever the role is and kind of not question a lot of different things. So there's, like, a balance. Sometimes for good reasons. Sometimes I think it's just legacy left over from a broken system. How liberating do you feel? about to get out in a few more months very, and not having that. Very. And let me, let me give you this. So this is one of my, like the ways that I like to explain it. 
So for me, what what didn't work in the military, not just being away from my family all the time, and that that was a big deal. Like mm-hmm. my wife, I've been with my wife since we were 14, 15 years old, man. Two kids. Faithful is everything. You know what I mean? Like no no BS. And she came to me like after one of our deployments, it was like seven months or so, and it was like questioning. Like she was like, look, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's like, well, what do you mean? I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I could, you know, yeah. and it really, like, shook everything for me, and I had to, like, really reevaluate. So, like, for some people, I get that, like, the, whatever your family life or your home life is, it's just, it's difficult, and we don't think about that side either. Like, she's a single parent back here, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm off doing whatever I'm doing. It's, like, no breaks, no days off. It's rough. It's hard. So, you know, that is what it is. But so that was, like, a big deal for me. So I started thinking about this, and I've always worked hard. You know, I think everybody would say that about themselves. But one thing I, I don't like is I don't feel like we reward based on merit. You know, I've had this conversation a hundred times. Hey, man, you're doing awesome. Like, but we're going to give this guy the EP because we don't want to mess his career up. But we're going to do that and we're going to move this around. And I'm like, one of two things. Either I don't deserve it, so don't have this conversation with me. Or I do deserve it and you're not giving it to me. So don't have this conversation with me. If the system is broken, like, that's not entirely your fault, but it's still, like, messed up. And if it's not, then, like, I, I don't understand. You're yeah. having a conversation with me about me deserving something and you not giving it to me on a, like, wh- whatever. I don't know. So, like, enough of that. It's like, okay, I don't, you know, I don't like this. And then, you know, promotion in the military to me is like being on a track ride at Disney. So as long as you don't do something catastrophic, ARI, like, you know, something crazy. And same thing at Disney. As long as you don't, like, jump off the ride, (laughs) you go around on the track. You have the little wheel in front of you. Yeah. You pretend you're steering. You're not. You're not. Great analogy. You're just going on the track. Yep. And the only way the person in front of you or behind you switches up is if you either get off the ride, they get off the ride, or something catastrophic happens. Yeah. And that's it. And there's no control. You're on the ride. You don't have to worry about a lot of things. But there's zero, like... Just stay on the ride. Yeah. And that, to me, I was like, you know, when I think about getting out of the military, there's this free fall moment for a lot of people. They get, they go immediately to the floor, Mm -hmm. right? And they go, damn, there's, you know, no more first and 15th. No more this. Like, what are you going to do for work? This and that. And I'm like, true. No floor. Also, no ceiling. Mm -hmm. Because as hard as I work in the military, I only get... To a certain point. Like, I can't get past above whatever a certain point. And that, you know, like you're telling me, okay, say I re-enlist and I get, you know, a $40,000 bonus or something for whatever my, my rate's going to be. And then plus, you know, my check or whatever. And you get TRICARE, which, is oh, let's face it, TRICARE is, is insurance, but it, it ain't the best all the time. So yeah. it's like whatever. Um so you're telling me that four years, let's just use the $40,000 example, four years like of your life, you couldn't make more than $10,000 a year hustling on your own? Like you couldn't, your your time is not worth more than that? Yeah. And your time in the military is 24-7. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like segmented. The The culture is not, and I don't, I don't, that's not a buzzword culture. I just mean like company culture, if you think about that. The culture is not always awesome it depends on your command and like who you're working with right but that can kind of go away and then 
you know, depending on what your job is, like unhealthy situations, like no, you're absolutely not good for you. you. Know, command culture, yeah, it's gonna shift every yeah. three to five years. Yeah, great, shitty, 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 mostly shitty. Maybe good, then you're retiring. Yeah, and it's shitty, real shitty. You like you're absolutely right. And that I don't, you know, I have more. And I'm not saying people that say and do not have respect for themselves or do not think that they can do that, but I don't think they think about that part of it in their brain. Mm-hmm. Like, if you work, like, what are we talking about right now? Like, if, if you get disability, you know, and you're rated, you know, decently high, that's money, you know, which I'm pretty sure every service member is going to get a good portion of disability, especially working on a ship. Doing oh, like, you'd be surprised. Really? No, yeah. Like, and especially the way it works of, like, you have to get a certain amount of disability. I got friends that have told me, if you're listening, like, write in, let me know if I get it wrong. But you're not actually getting paid, paid for it until you're, like, way up there. I'd say, like, over 80 or 90, oh, really? 100%. You're not actually getting a disability check. Say you're 30% disabled, they don't tax 30% of your retirement. Something to that effect. Something like that. So even, yeah, okay, so we can even take disability off the table, like, even if you don't make that. But Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it doesn't make it any better. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean, like, I assumed, like, so, yeah, so then you're you're kind of banged up, you, whatever, you're not getting disability. But I know we didn't have dual income for a long time because it was impossible because you got kids and, mm-hmm. like, only one person can really work. Mm-hmm. How are they going to hold a job unless, you know, certain types of jobs afford you that. But for the most part, you're not having, like, two people working. But if you have, like, dual income, now you don't have to shoulder all that yourself. You can find certain jobs. Use your GI Bill. There's tons of resources out there, but a lot of that information isn't readily available to you up front, so it feels difficult. You're like, yeah. man, I can never, because the military keeps you on that, you know, first and 15th, and they're going to give you per diem. They're going to give you all these things, and you get used to spending money in a certain way, and then you kind of live within your means, and then it's like, well, how do I, you know, scale back? So if you want to think about it, like, people could start, like, you know, putting that savings away, like, scaling back a little bit, giving yourself some, like, freedom. Like, you'll buy yourself freedom by having money in the bank. Yeah. And if you do that, then you get a little more time to think and, you know, you can make it work. And you'd be surprised with what you can get if you understand how to translate your skills. And I think that's another place we fail as, you know, mentoring people as they come out or people that want to come out. You know, let's say, and I see it a lot with senior enlisted and, you know, people are actually retiring. It's like, here's the deal, bro. And I'm going to be blunt about it. You're CMC, whatever. Guess what? When you retire, nobody gives a shit. You don't have a parking spot anymore. You got to wait in line just like me. And now it's equal. Now, if I get there first, I get to stand in line in front of you. You know know what I mean? And I think a lot of people have a difficult time with that because they're not, you know, whoever. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like I'm not Billy whatever or Sarah whatever or whoever. I am Master Chief whatever. It's like, well, no, you're not. And guess what? Outside of the military, you need to bring value to whatever organization you're going to. Like, you could literally hide out in the military at whatever command and just be some nug or some CMC that doesn't do shit. And nobody's going to fire you. At worst, they're going to rearrange you and put you somewhere, but you're still going to get paid and everything. It doesn't work like that outside of the military. You have to actually bring value somewhere or nobody pays you. You don't get paid money if if someone doesn't think it's valuable. If you try to charge me $3 for a bottle of water, I get to decide right there in the moment if... It's worth that. I don't know. Is it hot? Where's the next thing of water? Like, do I have some? You know what I mean? There's a lot of factors there. But military doesn't have to worry about that. They don't have a customer for their product. They're just like a rich kid with with money from mommy and daddy. So you just, boom, I just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I think that, though, 
at some point you got to you got to get out, right? Whether you retire or you get out. And the point I'm making here is that you got to think about how you're going to translate those skills. And that's not to freak people out. That's just saying like, just look it up. I think even on like military.com or wherever you can type in whatever your skills were or like your rate or MOS or whatever it's going to be. And they will spit out like at least a bunch of general civilian equivalents. Like, Hey, you were this, this is how they speak about that in civilian terms. Mm-hmm. And then you can look and start to translate that. And then also take a little bit of pride in yourself do some research, YouTube, read a book or two, see how you could like translate it over. I'll bet now even like that you're podcasting and doing this, you're probably seeing parallels and overlap between things that you've done in your experience that you can now leverage that and speak intelligently to if you wanted to go work at, I don't know, San Diego, wherever, where they're doing like radio stuff or work on a set, a production set. You could probably speak a little more intelligently, not like, you know, uh, chief, whoever, like I've managed this many people and saved the military a hundred million dollars <laughs> and like whatever every year yeah. and whatever crap they write on your award and yeah. eval, you could actually say, Hey, I, I have experience managing people in, you know, these type environments. I've, you know, culturally like adapted in different things, whatever. And I understand this kind of software and this kind of system and how the broadcast works and things. And, th- and then you start to become more appealing. Yeah. You know? There's a, I'll always get stuck. You just said something there after you were sounding like a chief. Oh, I saved I saved a <laughs> bunch of money. Yeah, there, like, no, but it, uh, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. But you're again, man, I love analogies and, and you're hitting them right. The military is like a spoiled rich kid. And as much as we're not rich in the military, right? When we're getting out, we're that little spoiled rich kid, like with no skills that has everything was just taken care of. For the most part, right? Yeah. And we're like, uh, what do we do? Uh, well, you know, my skill. I'm rich. That's not a skill. <laughs> Those yeah. aren't skills, you know. That collecting your paycheck on the first and fifteenth for whatever you just did or did, weren't doing. Um, those aren't skills, and I definitely say that military.com or the other one's a good one for stuff like that too. Is like a military one source. Is mm-hmm. since we're plugging some uh, resources for you listeners out there, right? Yeah. Um. One thing, we've known each other for a while, but when you start talking about the branding thing, right? Mm. And uh, it's always been on my mind as you were going through school and every time I'm checking your IG and everything, right? I'm thinking about branding for myself too. And not just as the podcast. Go ahead. No, I'm saying for for your podcast or for you as a person? For me as a person in the military. So again, skills and stuff. Yeah, let's talk about it. And then like, okay, what kind of chief am I? How am I branding myself as a chief? Um, yes, I'm a chunky, fat, fucking out of shape chief, right? Which that, there's a stigma around that. Sure. Okay. Um, I, I probably won't ever be the most athletic, most strong. You know, I'm not going to be that PT dude. It's okay. That's another chief. Mm-hmm. But you're going to get a lot more from me. Mm-hmm. And part of that is going to be the honesty of when I talk to my sailors and they're kind of looking at me sideways like, chief, you kind of chunk. Like, yes. What? I'm a little chunky. Is there a problem? Like, yeah, I'm that chief. Yes, I'm the chief that's chunky. And they're just like, oh. I'm like, well, you don't think I know it? <laughs> you don't think I wash this stomach every morning, every yeah, night? Yeah. Like, I know I am. Okay, so what are we doing? We going to PT or not? Yeah. You know, I'll still get out there and PT with you. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, but that 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 buys, you know, they're buying because they're like, okay. So chief's not just this fat-ass chief that don't like to PT that's telling us to go PT. 
He knows he's fat. He ain't hiding it. And he still wants to go PT with us. Yeah. You know? And you being very fit, I'm sure you could appreciate that, right? It's just like... like I, okay. I appreciate it. And even to take it out of the context of fitness, I think anyone being led yeah. appreciates accountability. And I think the, the biggest killer in organizations, and especially in the military, is hypocrisy. Because hypocrisy mm-hmm. is everywhere. It is a community of do as I say, not as I do. And... I'm telling you, if people were not contractually obligated to follow orders, I wonder how many, you know, would be followed. So you're telling people, you know, do this and do that. And then are you not, at least like you're talking about it through the lens of introspection. You're saying, hey, I'm Mm self-aware. I understand that I am not a physical specimen and I'm asking you to go PT, but I'm going to hold myself accountable and I'm going to go with you. And that's like a big difference, right? Whereas you have someone else who is barking orders and doing that and leading, right? And I'm air quoting for people that can't see me, <laughs> leading. Um, that's not leading. That is yeah. telling other people just some stuff to do. That yep. that to me is not being a leader. And I think, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say, you know, when you probably, it's, yes, it's introspective for me, but also uh, the self-awareness part of it because I'm big on that, right? Yeah. Especially when I'm talking like to, to first classes going up for chief or something, yeah. right? I'm like, you guys need to be self-aware enough to realize like, What's wrong with you? Yeah. You have something wrong. What is it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to identify? Are you going to be able to put it out there? Do you have a problem putting it out there? That You know, that goes into season stuff and all that. But it's just like, if we're all leaders, right, you need to be able to lead yourself first, right? Sure. You know, pull it out of whatever fucking book you want, right? Lead yourself first. So, you know, how are you doing that? That introspective reflection, that self-awareness of what's your fault and you know, I don't have a problem telling him my sailors what, what my faults are, because it's going to make me more human. Yes, right. And I'm I'm not I'm not a godly chief. I'm not. I don't need them to think of me as like, oh my god, that's you know chief. Nope. Yep, that's chief. We better do what he says. He's human like us. We all mess up, and you know, let's go to work. Yeah. You know, you gonna say something? No, nah, before I, and that's just what I was kind of getting at the self awareness and the hypocrisy like that. That will kill. I mean, like a child, like anything else, like not that, you know, subordinates are children or, or anything, but the military is very hierarchical. And I, I find, too, like, what what is your goal as a leader? Yeah. Do you want, you know, are you trying to replace yourself? Because you should be, right? Especially in an organization like the military, you should be trying to get yourself out of a job because you want to bring people up to the level that you're at and pass you, hopefully, to do better than you did, right? Because we're all supposed to be, like, in this together and, you know, whatever other shit they're pumping out these days (laughs) yeah (laughs) but essentially you have a bunch of people right that are hungry probably capable they just need the guidance Mm -hmm. right and they need to be activated to their full potential that's the way i think about it like so if i take someone and i tell you what to do like that's also not necessarily maybe the best thing for you some people they do need to be told very explicitly what to do but at some point to make the switch you have to empower them to think so it's like hey let me the first thing, because I, w- I was in an, uh, an instructor role, right? And I was I did it for a little while. It was like three and a half years. I would never come up outside of safety, something extremely unsafe. I would never come up and tell somebody something. I, the first thing I would do is ask a question. And the question was usually, hey, I saw this, this, and this. Is that what you saw? Okay, tell me what you were thinking. Because right off the bat, I need to know what you were thinking. Yeah. Especially in the land of make-believe. Like, is, is your make-believe my make-believe? Like, what yeah. are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, you thought this? And generally, people have some pretty intelligent answers. Whereas, yeah. like, you're going to jump down their throat. 
and tell them, you know, which way is up and everything. And they're probably going to listen to you because of the, that's just the way the military works. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're missing out too on like personal development for yourself, professional development as a leader. Like you got to listen to your people. And I think that's what I wanted to get at too, with your original question. Like, how would you rebrand? The first thing I would yeah. do as a chief's mess, if it was me is I would go and find out what the perception is. Like, Hey, no, you know, and that's going to be hard in an organization like military where they fear backlash, mm-hmm. but have some really candid conversations, find people or send people out and, and get, you know, anonymous surveys, whatever you need. Hey, you know, and don't make it military because military kills everything. Like, don't do it like everyone by zero six needs to survey. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, have human conversations, make people like, don't have them with their defenses up. Like, look, we're really trying to change things and make it better, whatever. Like, and then you get the perception and then you also ask them a little bit about maybe like what they need. And as a leader, hopefully you'll be able to discern hey, there's some stuff that they're griping about that, you know, because of things that they're unaware of, that's not possible. Or, I, you know, I didn't see it that way, you know, when I was there, but I didn't have the information to have. And then there's going to be other things that they tell you that's probably going to be like, wow, that's great information. I didn't even know that, you know, or I, I wasn't aware of that. Now I can make, you know, some things better. Or, wow, the problem wasn't this thing that I thought. It's actually something else. You know what I mean? And that, I think, is the first step. I mean, that's what you do in branding. Like, if you're trying to connect to somebody, and that's really what we're talking about, connecting so they pick you mm-hmm. over other things, like, you got to know where the value lies, how to create value, or how to, because value, it inherently lies with the, with the consumer. Let's call it the consumer. And when we talk about products, you have a product, and it costs you a certain amount to make. So it costs me X amount to produce this water bottle. I price this water bottle at what I believe the value to be based on the market, based on everything. Value though, that's when somebody pulls the trigger and buys it. And that always lies with the customer. They get to decide if it's as valuable as you think it is. So that in general, thinking about whether it's the chief's mess, whether you're hustling, you know, teas out of your rack, whatever you're doing, is this value there? The customer is going to tell you, you know, and in the military, we have a problem though, because it's skewed because they, they basically have to do what you say. So they can't like exercise the free will that would actually yeah. give you the, the yeah. details. You know what I mean? No, I love how you wrap that all together because I was going to ask like, you use this mm-hmm. for business just in reverse. The military is a business. Right. And I'm saying, yeah. So it's like when you sit down and you said you have that initial conversation, mm-hmm. this is a lot of the conversation I'm sure. Right. It's got like, I'll give, I'll give you some good questions that I ask. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when I ask somebody, you know, first I want to, I call it the dump. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead, like you, there's some stuff on your mind that you want to tell me. So, like, I don't want to skew the information. Or, like, you just tell me as much as I can in a certain time or whatever. Like, go ahead. Tell me what's going on. What's the problem? Like, for, you know, business. Like, how long have you been in business? Certain things. And then they start to tell you about the problem. What's going on? You pull out the information. You take it all down. And some really good questions I like to think about is, like, the home run question. So, like, take all the constraints away. Like, take your rank off. Take my rank off. Take the, you know, throw the friggin' Blue Jackets man away, all that stuff. Tell me what a what a home run looks like. If you if, if it turned out exactly the way you want it, what's the ideal situation? Or if that's too difficult or if you want a different spin on it, if everything went completely to shit, if everything was, like, terrible and it was, like, the worst thing ever, tell me what that's like. And then you start to understand, like, you get them to go into, like, make-believe land a little bit. But, like, when we think and solve problems inside boxes, we only, you know, we limit ourselves as far as solutions or even understanding the problem, you know. 
we think about it in a certain context, but context is everything. Like is you know, like we were talking about this bottle of water. Is it a dollar? I don't know. Are we in the Sahara? You know, like where are we? What are we, we walking doing? back to the parking lot? Yeah. And it's a mile hike, and it's yeah. fucking middle of summer, and exactly, nope, that's a five dollar bottle. I need yeah. that. So context, right? <laughs> and that's you know that's a small example, but you know you can ask those questions, and then cool, and then you can ask them prioritize maybe some things like cool. We can't handle all this, but like what what is most important, and then always asking why and like. Smart people, you'll notice, they listen more than they talk and they ask more than they tell. And I don't want to say smart as an in intelligence, but people that are really trying to, to drive change and, and, and do things in that way, they're going to be the ones that are going to try to pull like more questions. And you know that from sitting on that side of the table, like interviewing people, wanting to know more about their story. You got to like ask those questions and get to get the, the information, right? It's like there's data everywhere, but... You know, you pull it and then really it's going to be on you as a leader, which is like, you know, for me in branding as a strategist, what do I do with it? That's the hard part. Information isn't hard to find. It's what do you do with it and how do you make it mean something? And it's the same thing for a leader. Now you have all this information. You have a responsibility to do something with it. So what are you going to do? They're not going to do nothing. <laughs> I just had a sailor call me today about an eval problem where their leader in their chain of command told them to go talk to a different leader about it. Oh, the oldest, not my job. Right. That's my favorite. And it was it was the chief telling the, the third class, go talk to the lieutenant about it. Yeah. I was just like, what? Well, it's a game of uh, ping pong a lot or yeah. tennis, whatever. It's like, oh, service, like not mine. Like I'm going to return that one. Oh, yeah. not mine. It's like, hey, uh, so-and-so, are you on this? Yeah, I just shot him an email. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good until somebody. And if he e emails me, I'm going to email him back. And then, like, I'm still good. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Let's – um. Let's talk about so you've been you've been going to school last year. Yeah. You're you're not in your skill bridge thing yet. No. Um what kind of impact I mean it was online. Yeah. But last year impacted everyone differently. Mm. Would you mind sharing like how did it impact you, your family, everything like that? Um you know, take it like me me and Nikki we just did an episode about it. We started in December when we think we had it. Yeah. Right? And then we just went through. So, like, take me through your 2020 a little bit of of whatever it was. If it was all good, shit, it was all good. But, you know, talk to me about it. It was. It, it was. It impacted my wife because the wedding industry took a hit. Yeah. So, obviously, she wasn't working. But we had never depended on her income. So, it wasn't like a financial problem. But it was a question of, like, well, what do I do now? So, she took some time to focus internally on her, her own brand, on her own business, which was, it ended up being a plus, right? Yeah. So put that, you know, I put that down as a W. For me, we, we kept working, man. Like yeah. we really did, you know, and I did get COVID and I got COVID. Oh, you did? Oh yeah. Because, oh, because they knew there were people that tested positive at the training site for COVID and they brought us out there and they knew, you know what I mean? Like it was like, Fuck. you know, it was just like, okay, I guess Keep we're going. doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Not bad, I assume. For me, it didn't really affect me. It was like uh, one day I was like, I, I started to get like flu-like symptoms. And then that night was like real bad. Couldn't sleep, back pain. Just like, what the hell? And then the next day I came off it and I was good. So there was a day where I was just like, I don't want to exaggerate, but like that was like the bad day. Yeah. And then er everything else like. I, it's good. Yeah. But you guys just kept marching on just. You guys' rotation, work schedule just kept going. Yeah. Damn. 
I brought it home. Thank God nobody in my family got sick, but they, like, they sent us home. And they like, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was dumb math too. Cause they assumed, cause we were away on a, a break. Yeah. And I don't think it was anyone that I worked directly with or for's decision, to be honest with you. I think it was just, again, I could, I could rant about leadership in the military right now, but um, for us, it was like we were away for more than 14 days and they're doing the math. And they're like, oh, well, you guys will be good by the time we go back. I'm like, that, if you catch it right when you get there, correct. Like, yeah, you'd be quarantined for 14 days. But if you catch it on the last day, <laughs> that's not how that works. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but it was like, okay, man, whatever. And then we, uh, you know, we got it. But anyway, outside of that, like, that even didn't impact me. I will say, though, like, regardless, like, the my, my specific people that I was working with stuff, they were super supportive of me. I thought I was going to get blackballed when I was like, yo, I'm, I'm getting out and I'm going to school and all that stuff. They were 180, super supportive of me. Like, I also held my end of the bargain. I gave them a commitment. I was like, I am going to see this through. I'm going to be at every, you know, uh, muster and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't let it affect my work. Yeah. And, you know, I know they appreciated that. So we had equal expectations, but uh, they really, they really did, like, I can't say enough good things about like at least the people I'm working with, my command, my immediate command. But, um, it, dude, I took on too much. I'll tell you straight up. Like I was redlining. It was yeah. I was like in a dark place. Like, dude, three because I was using my GI Bill. So in order to get that paid, I had to do full time. Full time student at this school is three classes, forty five credits. So I couldn't do just like a class or two classes. I was doing three full time classes plus, you know, work. Plus freelance stuff on the side and this and whatever popped up plus family. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it was bad, dude. I was like the, in the worst shape of my life. I was not sleeping. I was depressed. I was, but it was in some, I'm sure it's not the way I had to do it, but this was like the, the push. I was like, okay, either I do this now and I get it done or I have to like extend school to when I get out. And like, I don't know like how it's going to go. So I was like, all right, let's just, let's just push. And my wife was super supportive of that. Um, and I, I got it done, which was, was great. But school was definitely, if you, anyone listening that is, I do recommend if you got some downtime and you want to do school, like maybe look into it, but a class or something, you know, while you're active duty. <laughs> yeah. 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 You hit, you said, you're depressed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. From 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 what? Like which part of it? Everything or just just the like, yeah? It was it was just so much. It was so much. I, you know, I wasn't getting to spend time. Like the whole, there was a paradox. The whole reason I'm doing all this stuff is to be home, mm-hmm. to be with my family, and in order to do that, I I, w- I was almost like never more away. Like obviously on a deployment you're away, but I was like I had no time for for anything. And it was like, I was isolated, just constantly doing schoolwork. And also, I'm a psychopath, and I wanted a 4.0. So I'm like, I couldn't just, you know, C's get degrees? Like, no, man. I, I was going, like, full bore, hard charging, like, 4.0. And, you know, that was to my own demise. Like, I mean, I, I didn't need to do that. And just all that together, that, that tempo, man, that tempo running so high and just having this, like, really high-achieving attitude toward Every part of my life. Like, if you think about it logically, it doesn't make any damn sense. You got 100% of yourself. And if you're doing five things, that means you could put 20% of yourself in each, like at best, or 80 here, five here, whatever you want to do. I'm over here with four things, five things, trying to go 100 in every in every area. So I just, like, burned myself out, man. And it just got, like, 
like, damn, I don't want to, like, do I want to do this? Like, this is me. Not not about getting out. I was 100% happy about that. It yeah. was just, like, all the other stuff together. It was just like, man, this is crazy. Plus all the random military stuff, you know. This popped up. This person decided, like, Thursday at 6 a.m. is good for me. Everybody show up. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. You're just like, damn, dude, I don't got time for this. Was there, did you feel, a couple questions. I was, yeah, yeah. Go I got them on my mind. First one, though. Did you feel any societal, like, pressure or extra pressure? Like, during the, so COVID, first quarter, or first half. Then summer kicked off, and you had all the George Floyd shit. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything going through your mind related to that? I was. Or any, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, not to get too charged, but obviously I see there's issues, you know what I mean? And yeah. it, it, seeing everyone so... I want to recognize like what everyone's feeling, right? And this is the thing about what I believe in plurality. I believe in multiple logics. I believe that things can be real, different and real for different people. Mm -hmm. So someone's reality, like you have to respect in a way. Like if this person says the reality is like that, just because my reality is not that way, doesn't mean that their reality is not. But I was just so sad about the lack of discourse, like our, our inability to have discourse as Americans. Like, Hey, we, and whatever the powers that be it's like you you're this is what you want you're you are setting things up to like further divide us we're not that different like most americans like if we actually have a conversation with someone else we're not as different as the media would have us believe we are yeah you know at least in ideals and stuff but we're like like they believe this that we believe that and then on, on one hand it's like we're talking about tolerance and it's like you need to be tolerant and if you're not tolerant then like to hell with you and you're just like that <laughs> that's difference. what are you talking about right now yeah. that's you just contradict yourself at the same time. so like but i know there's like our country's going through a lot so like that stuff's going on you know what i mean like i got two kids like they're growing up like they're you know my wife's brazilian like i don't know how this is going to affect you know them growing up i don't know what they're thinking right and i'm how present can i be i just told you i got like a hundred things you know what i mean so i'm yeah. like i almost like i'm like getting bits and pieces and i'm just like man I, I want to be there, but I got to be here and, and all this stuff. Right. And then, um, I'll tell you what though, a lot of like sitting down with my thoughts, thinking about like systemic, like biases and things like even outside of the context of, you know, just race, like just in general, like inherent legacy systems. Right. This got me like thinking about that. And I thought about the military and I'm like, why do we do things sometimes in a certain way? And I'm like, man, systemic like we've said that the system is that and you know just thinking about like our own government and think the way things are set up and how it's like yeah nobody wanted it to be that way but clearly there is a bias in a certain direction for yeah. most of the things that we have going on in this country so it's like we have to recognize that yeah. and and the problem too again not to get too charged here i think you know we have to just re, you got to rebuild the system in a way you can't keep modifying the system that was created to keep certain you know Genders, races, et cetera, like marginalized. Yeah. You you, you just got to rebuild the system like completely. So like, I'm not saying I'm not asking for a revolt here. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like, if you really want to solve the problem, then you have to look at it like that kind of problem. Does it hit you harder being in the military when you think about it? Because it does me. Right. When, when I think about I'm thinking the same stuff you're thinking. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, you know, doing what we do. Yeah. And it's like, what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. As a, as a whole country, right? Yeah, like, not, not as me are we really uniform. trying to change something, or like, what are we doing? Yeah, right. and it almost feels like. T tell me if you feel like this ever. Like, 
and again, I'm not sitting here. This is not treason. This is not me. This is just two guys talking at a table yeah. here. You ever feel like a little counterfeit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a little bit in certain ways. Like I definitely feel that, but not because I want to be, but because the way the system is, I almost feel like I'm, and, th- and that's another reason. Like a lot of my ideologies and the things that I believe and I've grown into, I have grown out of the way the military kind of like funnels you into. Mm-hmm. So it's a classic case of like when everybody's thinking one way and you're by yourself thinking another, you're either a genius or it's time to go. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so for me, um, it's probably time to go. Yeah. Uh, for me too. Yeah. You know, five years to go. Cause you know, I'm so far in, Yeah, yeah. but you know, I tell people all the time, if they were to put retirement on the table right now for me, I'd take it. Yeah. You know, un- unless Nikki told me no, that I need to do it and get, you know, get other things in line, yep. I'd take it. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't matter. It, <clears throat> excuse me. If I needed to sell my truck, if I need to get rid of a bunch of stuff. Go I work at Lowe's, whatever we got to do. Yep, yeah. whatever. I'd be like, yeah, because I'm just, I'm not in line with it yeah. anymore. Like Same. you said, when, when you're either crazy or you're a genius. Yeah. And oftentimes at my command now, everyone's looking at me like I'm the crazy motherfucker. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was just asking a question. Yeah. Because I thought I thought we just don't do things like that. Yeah. I thought there's a way we do that. I thought we, there's instructions that we follow. Yeah. You know, like this, like real standard, you know, military shit. I, that's what I thought. No, nah, no, nah, we don't do it like that here. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah, dude. And that's, <laughs> that's like, you know, for me, and, and they're just like past, like COVID is a great example. Like, okay, you're telling me you don't, you know, you care about your people, but you're sending them into like this place where you know there's COVID when there's no like, my dude, there's no war right now. There's no, like nothing was happening that we needed to go over there and be like, we need to get this trained on. Yeah. It's, it's just like bizarre to me. I'm like, so you can't, again, hypocrisy, chief mess, all this. You're telling me you care about your people, care about your people, but you're going to send like, what message does it send to your people? Yeah. And not even like me, whatever, man, I'm pretty like, whatever I get COVID, I'm fine. Like, and that's, I know that probably sounds bad, but like I, I care less about myself than I do about my family or anybody mm-hmm. I passed on the way home. Right. Yeah. Which you know what I mean? Like it says a lot about you. And I, that's more what I care about. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I didn't even know I had it until after that night that I told you that it was bad because mm-hmm. it had people out there. Like we all were getting our temp checks every day. They were doing like baseline stuff. And I'm under the impression that I'm good because we had some dudes like lose taste, lose smell and stuff. We quarantined them. Like we did what we could for sure. Yeah. And I felt fine. I was like, okay, well, you know, thankfully, I, you know, I must be good. I don't know if I'm asymptomatic, whatever, but like temperature's good. Everything's good. And I got sick here and it got bad. And I actually, like, they ordered me to go for the test. And it, like, it was like, yeah, you're positive. I was like, man, this Been is at like, home for how long? You yeah. got your two girls. Yeah. You know, which everyone would be like, yeah, but kids don't. Nah, man. I don't. Hey, then you get it and <laughs> yeah. you take it home and let me know. Let me know how you feel about it, just taking it home and that's, that's around the, kids. That's the thing. Like, I don't, dude, if they would have got COVID, like, fine, bro. But what I'm saying is it was a completely avoidable situation Yes. by an organization that's telling me you value, you know, your people and their families. Yeah. And you don't. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't through action. You don't every time you, you know, don't have consideration for my family. Like, if it's a, you know, something going on at home and, you know, it's whatever. No, you got to be there. You're on the hit list or you got this or whatever. And, like, no, nah, man, you don't. Like, I get it. You don't. I know. I'm good with it. it yeah. It is. No, I understand. You you can't be. You have a mission. Yeah. That's cool. That's fine. Yeah. But uh, we no longer align. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that is, like, 
down to like yeah like you said the way things are done like if it's not an instruction then what then don't have an instruction like what are we doing over here yeah then then just let me make whatever decisions i want to because yeah. i'll come up with some shit but you know <laughs> you know when they're going to come up with the instruction when they want to when they want to string you up yeah then they're going to go back and be like hold up hold up no we got this instruction here it's like now nah, we got instructions yeah now we got instructions yep. okay cool yep. just, i'm tracking now back to you saying you're depressed did you get any help or did you just battle through no i no yeah again i, I battle through i'm seeing a therapist now Oh, are you? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Before I, w- I was not, and that was probably part of the problem. Dude, so big part of my problem, I don't know if it's going to help anybody, but I think we internalize stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, military members in general, especially um, as you start to get, I think, I mean, I am I was in E6. I'm not like super high in the ranks or anything, but you get, you know, as, as the further you go, the less you, you want to let people see sweat and stuff. So you're like trying to like hold it together. And for me... I didn't talk a lot to, to Camilla about this stuff. I didn't talk to anybody about this stuff because you're just trying to kind of like, you don't want to burden anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, damn, man, like, I got to keep it together. So she could feel it, though, man. She's like, she's my soulmate. She's my best friend. She knows yeah. when I'm off. And that was causing more friction than anything because she didn't know if it was about her or, or what I was upset about or whatever. So really, like, once I actually started talking to her about, like, what I was feeling and what I was going through, like, one, I felt better. Two, it improved our relationship because she actually knew, like, what was going on. And then um, she gave me some great, like, help, some advice, something that wasn't just me in my own head trying to, like, read the label from inside the bottle. You know what I mean? So it was it was good, you know, for me. And then talk to a therapist now is great. Like, we just essentially just, like, bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you got through it, man. Um, yeah, I've talked uh, to a couple of people on here, not in depth or anything, but just slightly about it. And I tell people all the time, like, I, I don't think I've ever experienced it. So I like to hear from people because I don't have a story to tell. I don't have that experience to share. But it's definitely one of those things like, you know, uh, yeah. No, I was say, you know what else contributes to it? Because I'm thinking about it too in the context. So, like, I didn't get depression from, like, covid like, my right, mom right. was from, like, school and everything else. And another thing I think, thinking about it now, was being locked into this organization that I love, right, that I've always had love for, and with people that I love dearly, but it's, like, it's dying, and I'm watching it, and I'm grieving, and I'm, like, you know, the the thing that I that I almost let define me, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've never mm. been defined by the military. I'm I'm Frankie in the military. I'm not... Frankie, the military, you know, there's a difference. Um, I'm still me, like, whatever I go to do. But, like, how do I let that part of me define me? Like, that would have been, like, probably, like, overwhelming. And now, you know, I still do care about it, you know, the military community and these things. And I'm just looking. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, the, the place that I thought that I, I did fit, I don't fit. So where do I fit? You know what I mean? And there's, like, that question where you're, like, like you said, you're, like, I'm sorry, like, you guys think I'm crazy? Like, I know I'm not fucking crazy. There's got to be, like, something going on. But do you know what, man? Like, like you talk to people, and then you realize, like, I'm going to equate it to most people don't have the freaking spine. Because a lot of people, at least in the military that I've talked to, and I'm sp- speaking up is my specialty. So, like, it's always this thing about, like, yeah, we agree with you, but I'm like, no, no, no. No, but. Like, you agree with me, then, like, let's do something about it. If not, then just be like, I'm not going to do anything about it, or, like, I'm too afraid to do something about it or, or whatever. But that is the thing that like the further I saw and 
saw going up the I was like, I don't want to go any higher than than where I'm at. Yeah. This is trash. Yeah. You get your, you get hamstring and even, and if you are a vocal outspoken person that's trying to do the right thing, like you're just gonna get pacified, marginalized and put to the side or whatever, and like troublemaker or whatever, and then you're gonna ride out your time and you're gonna have to do all this crap anyway. So I just gotta head start. Bro, I mean, speaking to the choir over here, man, yeah, I know. singing I know. my song, you know, uh, a lot of people think, you know, a lot of people think I'm crazy and that, that I bash the Chiefs mess a lot. And I'm, I'm like, I don't want to, I, I always say every time, like, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing them. Yeah. I'm just saying, much like you just said, I'm not defined by this. Yeah. Right. I'm Josh. You never were. Every The whole time I've ever known you, you never were and, defined. And by. when we met, I was a whole lot more Joe. Navy yeah. bullshit than yeah. I am now. Yeah. So like, if you felt like about me then, then I know it doesn't define. I mean, that's me why now. we vibed. You know what I mean? You know, and so it's just like, I just know that it is my time in five years, and you know, people will be like, I, I was ha- I shared this before. I'll share it again. So uh, I had a midterm eval, mm-hmm. and the uh, command senior chief was like, um. So what do you plan on doing after this? You know, what kind of command do you want to go to shore duty? I was like, no, I want to retire. I was like, everything's lined up already. And then they said, oh, so you don't want to make senior chief? I said, I didn't say that. And she was like, well, I, I don't understand. And I was, and, and those are the moments where I'm just like, what do you, what do you, you can't, so what don't you understand? Can you not think fast enough to realize that making senior chief is more money and I would like more money so I could provide more for my family? Yeah. Because that's what that is. Yeah. Okay. And then can you not understand that just because I make senior chief doesn't mean I want to go to 26 years? Yeah. No, I still, my shit's match. I'm ready. The, the rank doesn't mean like you get four more out of me. Ten more, like, no. Yeah. You know, um, but with a lot of people, and, and this is what I find funny, is a lot of people will say, like, it doesn't define them. I, they're lying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they're lying. I know people, and this is something I've covered, you know, a lot of people extended last year um, during COVID. Sure. I had some good friends that extended. Yeah. They they needed to, whatever. All good. It was crazy. People made their world decisions. World was crazy, man. World, world was fucking nuts. Yeah. And, you know, you make the decision that's best for your family. And I respect that. But I know one friend that didn't. Mm. He had everything lined up, and he was ready to go. Household, family moved, you know, living out of the BQ for his last two weeks. And, you know, his last day came, he grabbed his shit, and he left. And he was done. And, like, and that's not to say he did it better or nothing like that. It's just, I look at him like, man, that, that's a person that, that had planned it. Mm-hmm. The last year or two, yeah. and knew exactly what he wanted and put it into motion, and that's a big part of all these discussions, right? Is if you're separating or you're retiring, yeah, you need to plan it and put it into motion, yeah, just like you have for the last three years. Oh, dude, I took, yeah, three to four years. I've been planning my exit, man. Right, and like for me, so people ask me, well, what are you doing? Paying off debt. Yep. Stacking chips. Learning a craft. Learning a craft. Uh, you know, start my side hustle. You know, I, I love doing this, right? Yeah. Motherfuckers know I love to talk. I could tell. And people, you're good people, at it, dude. But people don't realize, like, so much of it, I love to listen to people's stories, too, like you're sharing. Yeah. So I'm doing all this, and they're like, well, what are you going to do? And I tell them, we'll be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I'll tell you what, man. One of the coolest things, coolest things since I've been on this skill bridge. You want to know what it is? got to be all just all the time. Making breakfast. Make. There you go. Being able to be home. Yep. Make and, and sometimes that's a bowl of Cheerios. Sometimes that's an omelet. 
Yeah. But being able to be there every day and make breakfast for my girls, bro, that's like some of the coolest stuff. And that's the stuff that I think other people take for granted and we think doesn't really matter, you know, because we we have to believe a certain level of propaganda to do what we do. We always look at like, and again, this is just to make people think, right? I'm not suggesting one thing or another. Radical, you know, terrorism and stuff on the other side of the world or wherever domestically, that is radical, right? But like radical in the context of what? Mm-hmm. I'm sure what we believe to some people is also radical and we have to acknowledge as an organization in the military that you are indoctrinated yeah. to a certain level. Otherwise, like, okay, let me put it to you in this context. Let's take everybody listening, please take the, if you're in the military, just pretend you're not. And let me structure a deal for you. I got a deal for you, okay? Ready? There's a job. You're going to get paid. You're going to cover your bills. But you're not going to see your spouse for, let's call it, seven months out of the year. Right? You'll be completely away. You're not going to see your kids. Right? And you start structuring a deal this way. You married someone to not be with it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's not. That's not, you can't have a relationship and that it's not okay and that people aren't, you know, not that they're happy to be away, but that it doesn't work. But like, it's a partnership, man. I didn't, you know, when you, what do you, what do you buy in your house to sit there, you know, and not be utilized for seven months? Do you buy your internet router to just sit there and not use it for seven months? Do you, and I'm not saying, you know, your significant other is a, is a piece of property. That's not the point. But what I'm saying is, when we typically get things, it's like entitled to use them and to be active with them and to engage these things, you know, and then we're in this like job. So like in order to think that's okay, what are you told? Oh, you're making a sacrifice, making a sacrifice to something greater than yourself. And you are in a lot of ways, but we all kind of have been on that side of the fence. Like everybody listening is probably in the military or close to it. So I'm who we bullshitting at this point. Like we've been, we've been on that side. Uh It ain't all that, glorious even even the stuff that people talk up it ain't you know if you've been there it ain't that glorious so now you're sitting here and you're kind of like rationalized and what have you ever heard anyone on the back half of their career what what is the thing that they tell you it's like eight more years five more i gotta make it you never hear anybody say i love what i do you never hear anybody say oh i'm just i'm excited going to work i i'm super fulfilled by what i'm doing it's always might as well do 20. I'm too close. I'm whatever. And I'm like, dude, fuck that. You know how many people came up to me? They're like, oh, dude, you, all you got is eight more years. Like, and you're ever to, why would you not take that? I'm like, that's like what I did times two. Like, that's almost another decade. That's my daughter being like 16 or whatever. Yes. And it's over. Yep. Like, yep. you know what I could do in eight years? And that goes back to the floor and the ceiling. I guarantee you, I fucking guarantee you. In eight years, I'm going to make a lot more money than the military would have rationed for me yep. over eight years, bonus included, because I'm going to go out and make that happen, right? And you have the ability to, in a free market like the one that we live in, you know, with obviously there's some restrictions for, you know, there's systemic stuff we got to deal with. But for the most part, the, the American dream still exists in some ways. And globalization, you could you could literally play video games and make money today. You're telling me you can't find a way to make money outside of like... That's what I was watching before you walked in. Yeah. <laughs> we got esports teams, we got all kinds yep. of stuff. And that's and that's the thing, man. Like, I, I every person that I know that's like almost to retirement or whatever, it's always like, like my best, one of my best fucking friends, dude, he put me in the military. He was literally like E6 recruiter when I got in. One of my best best friends i'm his son's godfather most joe dude i'd ever known 
like up until like right at the end of his career. Like they they did him essentially dirty. This guy gave everything. Like the dude that's running all the PTs, like he he's there all the time, sacrificing everything. They did him dirty, and it's just like even him to when he got out. I'm just like, damn, dude, I wish that didn't happen to you. But like even like one of the dudes I thought was gonna come out of it and be like, you know, on the up. It's just like, damn. And that's my point, dude. Like, even us talking here right now, it's like, I'm going to do five. Why? Because I'm close. And that's the same thing you talk to everybody else. Like, again, I'm not an absolutist, so I'm sure these people exist that are excited to do 20 years in the military. But you, I, I would argue that they're, they're few and far between, man. Yeah. I just shared a story about someone. I won't share it again. But the indoctrinated part, we're indoctrinated, and then we indoctrinate our spouse to it. Yeah. Oh, also. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. And for my wife, who grew up in a military family, who had a dad that served for 30 years, she's very familiar with that deployment schedule. Oh, yeah. So it's no easier on her. It's just more familiar. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And she imagine that. Right. Imagine you grew up with your with your dad. Mm. Right. It's just it's just her and her brother. So it's two children. Right. Yeah. Your dad always being gone. Deployments. Underways, overnight duties, whatever, always gone. Yeah. And how much any parent, your daughters, mm-hmm. you know, our, my kids, my kids, luckily I've had them in a position where I, I was on shore duty and now I'm in a good spot and I've been home a lot with them. Good. But if you're listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. Right. And then imagine marrying a military man. Yeah. Who all I've done since we've been together have deployed and underway and, and at sea, at sea, gone, 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 you know, just moving, moving, moving. And she finally got me home for shore duty. And she's like, can this just last forever? Yeah. And so, you know, I took orders. I'm on a pre-com unit where the ship isn't supposed to be ready for another like two or three years. Mm-hmm. So as long as I stay with this ship, I'm, I'm in and out. Good. I'm checking in, checking out, checking in, checking out until the ship is ready when I got to go on it. And then by the time I get on it, I should only have to do maybe 18 months, 24 months, maybe at most, two years at most of actually on the ship. Maybe one deployment, maybe because they're blue and gold crews yeah. on and off for six months at a time. I might not even make a deployment on it. So at this time, it's like I've, knowing where I'm at, planning and making the strategy, that exit strategy for it, I took this so I don't have to run into those problems. Because another thing that you said that touches like deep with me is you look at your kids and you say, well, it's just six more years, right? Yeah. That puts Mikey at nine, which isn't bad. But for some people, you know, 10 more years, that puts your kid at graduation. Yeah, it does. Your kids, your kid, you just, I don't care what you say. Yeah. Miss your kid's life. I don't care what kind of balance you have. Yeah. Right. You have the best work-life balance and you've missed a lot. And that kid's not going to forget it. Dude. They're going to remember the cool stuff too. But they, I do not want my children to have memories of, yeah, fucking dad wasn't there. Yeah, I had this really like shitty day and I wanted my dad and I couldn't talk to him for like three days or whatever. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, three months. Yeah. You're like, no. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, dude, and I've been in places where the Wi-Fi shit, I'm sure you have too, you know. Well, she I mean, goes, they don't know Wi-Fi. Yeah, River City Pacific. and everything, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yep, you know, yeah. And you're just all jacked up and you're like, damn, dude, I, uh, you know, you're sitting there and you're thinking about it and it's just money, dude. Like, you're sitting there like, dude, there's so many ways to make money. Mm-hmm. If money. If money is the only thing 
keeping a lot of people in. I would challenge you. Find more to, ways to make more to money. To think about how you can make money. Yeah. How much do you really need? What are the other ways you can make money? Because this ain't worth the check. I know everyone kind of sits there and they're like, I, you know, I can own a house in the California expensive, all this stuff. I'm like, true. But everything you're giving, calculate your time. The time that you put in, the time that you're working versus what you're getting paid, I guarantee you're making less than like minimum wage or mm-hmm. working at your local fast food joint or whatever. Yep. And that's just the reality of it. You're not really... But it's okay because you're indoctrinated. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're told, like, this is good, this is the bad. And then you're around other people that are doing the same thing, so, it's, so it feels more normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get some civilian friends. See, see they're going to be like, what? Oh. You got to oh, do what? Oh, my God. You muster. Do you want to go to the birthday? Oh, you can't go to the birthday party. Oh, you've missed every anniversary you've had? This is the first year I've hit Mother's Day, Camilla's birthday, and our anniversary. Like, yeah. I, I've never hit all these things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's like, man, this is like, it should be around. You know what I mean? And that's like, like you said, man, regardless of who understands, your kid is going to understand. Your spouse is going to understand. But it, it, you don't get the time back and you don't, you know, it affects them. Like yeah. my youngest is terrible with me leaving, like way worse than my oldest. I was blessed that my oldest kind of like, it definitely affected her because I'm seeing it now. Like, and I'm talking to her about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, and that's maybe even worse because it seemed like it didn't affect her, but it did. But my youngest like definitely would not fly a deployment. You know what I mean? She went through like, one that I think she could actually remember and acknowledge that, like, I wasn't there. And it was like, dude, I was like, there's no way. There's no way she could do this. Like, you know what I mean? And I was just so happy. I caught myself, dude, and, and wasn't totally wrapped up in everything to where I was, you know, driving that train on my family. Like, no, yeah. this is, like, the right thing. This is what we're doing. Because, like I said, for some people, maybe it is. But for me, it, just, it wasn't. I know for uh, for Michael... Like, like I said, hopefully I don't have to. If I have to, I have to. But it's going to be bad. Yeah. He, he he gets pissed off, and he'll wake up in a fuss if I leave to work early before he wakes up, and he doesn't get to tell me bye. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, that's like real Nicky stuff, Nicky would need to call me. Like, he'll be losing his shit. Like, where's my daddy? Where's my daddy? Yeah. Where's my, and so, you know. And then the building I'm in now, open secret, I can't take shit in there. Yeah. So, so it's like I don't. I'm off my phone for four hours or something. Yeah. So like as soon as I'm getting in and you know try to FaceTime, hey, you know, I'm right here, kid. I'm okay. I'm coming home. Yeah. And I've never and think I've never been away from them, right? Like I was on shore, dude. I've I've never really been away for any kind of deployment or anything. Very fortunate. Like I planned it. Like we planned what we wanted to do at those certain times, and you know other people don't have that you know luxury yeah. that luxury. But you know sometimes it just happens or whatever. Yeah. But um. Yeah, man, I, I can't, I can't, I, I don't know how people do it. I sit there and I ask yeah. them and they'll just be like, well, you know, it's, it gets easier and, and, and I'm just in there like, man, you're giving some real textbook answers there, man. Yeah. Give me something real. Dude, once I finally got back and I stopped going away, like on the skill bridge and stuff, um, yeah, it took like my oldest got it like quicker, but my youngest, she, like, every time I went to the door, like she was like, yeah, I had to have a conversation with her, like. She would ask me, like, oh, are you going on the long trip or whatever? I'm like, no, I'm just literally going to Sprouts or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be right back. But it was like that. And I was like, you start to see. Like, man, this shit does affect them. And I, I I, would intentionally be blind to that stuff when I was around because it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard, man. It's hard to acknowledge. It's hard to deal with. It's like you don't want to see it. You don't, like, and it's not like I was running from it. I just, you know, like, whatever, trick myself. Yeah. And that was... 
you know, I think a lot of people deal with that too. And they're like, if I don't see it, it it's not real. And, and, and I don't know what the right thing to say to someone in that situation is because it is real and it's, you know, real for them, but they might not be able to do anything about it in that, in that moment. So whatever you got to do to get through, I guess, but those are some real things that, and those things, this is what I wonder too, man, to bring it back to like what we're talking about. It's got to be something more we can do than just like, I think every resource that the military gives out is more like, I'm going to cover my ass in case you blow your brains out. You know what I mean? Like I'm literally just going to, Hey, did you go through the training? Okay, cool. We're good. You know? And like, that's not what we need to be doing. Like, how do you actually, we've been doing this long enough. We should have some like answers or something more than this. Like, bullshit like we set up a this for like all oh, the you know we, we mwr has you know free pancake day for like whatever you're like dude go fuck yourself like my my kid is like going through some serious traumatic shit right now like how do i how do i deal with this shit as a parent mm-hmm. or whatever you know what i mean like and you know what some of those answers it's not another friggin' program it's not getting doctor whoever down here to talk to you about your feelings it's giving people time to to rectify what's going on at home to, to men bond or to men broken bonds and, and to do all these things. And that's something the military, like for whatever reason, doesn't want to give people. It's like, no, you got to be in from zero six to 16 or whatever every day. And, and if that doesn't happen, like I'm not leading, like you, you might do something crazy or whatever. Like, like, no, it'll be fine. Like let your people be home when they could be home, especially yeah. if you got them on a schedule where they're about to be away for like whatever, more than like two weeks of pre-deployment leave. I'm not saying don't go to work. I'm saying be like compassionate in some way. Bro, I mean, you say it beautifully. You know, there's a when, when you say like, "Oh, you can't go home, or I'm not leaving." There's that back onto the chief's mess, right? That we're not intrusive enough. We don't have enough intrusive leadership. We need to make sure that we're. That's a person, man. Yeah. Whether and I don't care if it's a 21 year old single sailor, they have a life. Yep. I don't care what their life is. Yeah. But they have it. They need time for it. If it's my, you know, twenty nine year old second class, first class with a you know newly married one kid or newborn, they have a life. Yep. Their life, and I'm sure you've seen this, right? Their life is no more important yep. than the single sailor's life. Yeah. That single sailor, guess what? They still need to go th- get their DMV shit done. They still have doctor's appointments. Everyone has their own shit going on. Yeah. Everyone needs that time. And that's something I talk about a lot on this. If you're a regular listener, you know time. Yeah. There's nothing more expensive than time. That's what we're talking about. You know, and, and when I say I, I'm, excuse me, I'm a BSA at home dad and people are like, look at me sideways and this and that. I had one person tell me once, I don't know who it was. They said, oh, you'll be, yeah, right. Like once your uh, wife starts making all the money and telling you what to do, you'll, you'll want to go get a job again so you can take back control. I hope, and I I hope like, she does. I was like, bro, I don't know how your marriage is set up. But my wife has always been telling me what to do, yeah. so what's changing? Why would you wish no, it, not. like, you don't want your spouse to succeed? Like, I mean, I just mean that as a joke, right? No, I know, I know. But it's like, yeah, like, bro, like, what? why Why? Why are you worried about that, controlling? So I'll, tell, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So when I hear that, okay, this is what I hear. I hear the same person that is leading in the military just based on, like, I want you to do what I say. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, from an ego standpoint. Yeah. It's ego-driven. No, I'm the chief, I'm the senior chief, I'm the whoever. Like, it's got to be this way because I said so. You're not really thinking. Like, rational thinking, like, problem solving, like, innovation is not strengths of, you know, military leaders. Like, we have a chain of command that, like, against all. And that's another 
dumbass thing. Like this chain of command, like it works for a reason, but like if you're not in the thick of war, like it, what is that severe that we can't have a, like a, a divergent conversation about it? Right. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. got, we got time. Nobody's shooting at us. Like let's, let's talk about it, but we still enact this wartime chain of command. Like orders are going to roll down. Boom, boom, boom. CO says we all got to be outside and like type whatever uniform at this time and all that stuff. And like, that's it. Like everyone here up to whoever doesn't think this is a good idea, but we're just going to all do it. Cause it's like, we're acting like, you know, there's no other option. Like, is that, is that the company we're in? The, yeah. the organization yeah. we're in? And it is. Yeah. And, and like I said, there, there's always reasons for it, right? Everyone, like the hardcore military people could, could sit here and, you know, wax poetic about, you know, why it works and this and that. And it's like, yeah, we, we understand why it works and why it's there. Like you said, wartime, like, Hey, go put out that fire, go man that fire hose, whatever it is yeah. for, you know, shipboard kind of stuff. What I'm, what I relate to. And we need that to happen. Yeah. And that's like, not no the time to question it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's time. But a lot of other stuff, there's a lot of questions. And you know, yeah. um, I was telling my sailors, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago about questioning attitude. It's like the seven shipboard principles or something. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, look, you guys are going to hear me probably a lot. One, cause I'm loud and we're in like, an open space and a lot of reverb and just noise. You're going to hear me a lot and you're going to hear me usually saying what the fuck. And that's my questioning attitude. And I, I implore you to have the same, what the fuck attitude yeah. when stuff comes down. I want a questioning attitude. You better be asking me like, why are we doing this? And you better be getting an answer from me Exactly. because I be doing it to other people. And if I'm not doing it to other people and I'm just pissing, you know, letting the piss roll off of my back and pissing on you, then there's something wrong. Right, so if you're not hearing that from me, or you, you, I'm not hearing from you, then we're doing something wrong here. And that's the nice thing about where I'm at now is we only got maybe 20, growing 23 people or something, and it's just um, maybe like five chiefs now, and just the crew, and we're building it all up exactly how we want and envision the crew. Right, so it's all just pretty a bunch of sailors coming in, and they're like, "All right, well, you're my chief." And it's like, "All right, well, look, I'm, I'm gonna tell you how we're gonna do it." And they're indoctrinated, and, and, you know, indoctrinated, but I get to indoctrinate them. Yeah. Which is always a little bit better, right? Yeah. Because I, I could be like, hey, look, man, it just doesn't work like that. You know, or it works like this, and here's the hard truth of it, right? And it just, it feels better, right, to be, again, you say it's an ego thing, and, you know, yeah, probably so. But to be able to control and to, you, you mentioned earlier, to get them ready to put me out of a job. Yeah. At least... In my mind, I have prepared them to be better yeah. than some other chief. Yeah. I don't know. Just because I feel that I'm doing it right, which I think most people feel they're doing it right. Sure. Right? But it's like, I just... Nobody like, hey, sets out to do it wrong. Right. No one does. Yeah. But, you know, how, how do you know in the end? I don't know. What's the measuring stick for that? And, yeah, I, I always, you know, in what I do now, I always look for the work. And then in my baseline you know for the military and like the stuff that i was grading was always performance yeah it was performance and to me there's non-negotiables in performance and it's like cool i don't care what you meant to do this is what you did do and this is like how it shakes out and like it's like saying you're, you know who was it a tosh point or whatever like oh i'm a bad test taker it's like oh you're bad at the way that we grade if you're confident in something like that just sounds like you're bad at that thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, and I get it. There's different kind of tests and stuff, but we have to grade at some point and there has to be some kind of like line in the sand, some standard. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. that was another big reason for my exit. Like I don't, I don't see a standard and I'm as a person enforcing them, 
part of a cadre that was enforcing a standard, I was like not empowered to do that. And even so to where there were egregious mistakes and I absolutely made it known like way over my rank, like fuck no. But I mean, what was one person? And that's the other part of me. Like I'm the, I'm one person. And if no, you know, there was a couple other people, but for the most part, it's like, nobody's going to stand with me. Like it ain't going to change. Like then I'm removing myself. And to your point, I thought that was awesome when you're like, yeah, I want you to question me. And any strong leader would. Because, like, if I can't rationalize what I'm saying to you, if you call me on my bullshit and I, and I can't explain it to you, then there's one of two things. I'm not good at explaining things, and I need to find, or, or I'm explaining it in a way that you don't understand it, and now that's my job as a leader to find a way that I actually, you know, connect with you. Same thing when you're selling a product, right? Right. Or service. And then, or I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And then in the military, you do have the catch-all of, like, because I said so. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, know that that person's walking away either thinking, like, you don't know what you're talking about or whatever they're thinking, like, in, in whatever. Whatever puts you, you know, you put your head to the pillow at night and you know what's going on in the depths of your mind. But that person walking away from you, they probably know. You, you said it right there. Uh, I love how you always relate it back to the product because your mind, although you can speak military. Yeah. Your mind is already in the different place. Well, you, I have to. Like, I find those cross analogies and those showing people things in a different context. Yeah. It helps them process it and understand it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that that really puts it, okay, let's put it in a totally different context. Now you can kind of see. And I would say, oftentimes the Chiefs may sound about, oh, we're servant leaders. And they pump this that's line. A big, that's a big buzzword. Right. Servant leadership. And, but that's all it is, right? But like you just said, the product or service, then that means that we need to be selling ourselves sure. and that we need to have the right branding. And we do not have that because they're not buying into it. Yeah. Right. And you know, I, I just, I think that like hits it right on the head, man. Well, there's two, there's two things. Either the branding is off or the product sucks. Could or, be both. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Could be both. Um, Hey Frankie, uh, we're an hour and a half in. If you got anything else, bro, uh, let me know that you want to wrap up. I think we could wrap up right there, bro. Uh, if there's anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't, we could keep going. I don't have no problems. I'm trying to think. I think we hit like a lot of the, the big stuff, man. It was good to kind of like, dude, I've been having these conversations. You know what I mean? Like yeah. lots of them with a lot of different people. And we all like, it's just nice to be kind of talking about it with my homie here. I appreciate and it. And also where I hope a bunch of, a bunch of people are going to like listen and, I don't care what you do, man. You know, I hope that you're safe and I appreciate everybody that's serving and, and all that stuff. But if it gets somebody to think about something in a different way or a little bit, you know, like open their mind a little bit, if it makes them a better leader or sometimes like part of leading is knowing like what not to do. So like hopefully people that are in those situations that have leaders that they don't consider, you know, top level or that they, they feel are subpar for whatever reason, you don't emulate that behavior. You you find different ways, you know what I mean? And read all the books you want and all the all the buzzwords and, and everything, but like at the end of the day, bias toward action. You know what I mean? Make it happen. Yes. Yes. Um and I'll say I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate this awesome fucking card you you handed me. Yes. I don't know if you want this back. No, no. I'm fucking I brought that for you. This is so awesome. And, you know, as always from the Bravo Zulu channel, right, don't be scared to get out there, people. 
Don't be scared. Make your plan. Execute your plan. Whether it's staying in for 20 or 30 years, know what the hell you're doing, know what you're doing at the end of it. Know how you're getting through this military life. Know what you're going to do after this military life. Plan and execute. That's one of the biggest messages I'm trying to send to any of the listeners out there. And even if you're some of my civilian homies, I got some friends back home listening. The same goes, right? It doesn't matter what you're doing. Plan it and execute it. All right? Plan it and execute it. Awesome. Hey, I appreciate everyone uh, for stopping by and uh, listening again. It's been an awesome time. And we're out. For more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit us at anchor.fm backslash Bravo Zulu podcast. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of Joshua Moore and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the DOD, DON, or those of the respected institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.